Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Um, and it's a very poignant time, actually, um, and we're all reflecting on it. Dreadfully tragic passing of uh, cyclist Olivia Podmore, and it, it's, uh, it really just uh, emphasises again that we have problems in our sport, problems in our society that we tend to perhaps overlook and ignore from time to time. And, and when these things happen, uh, it becomes a headline and, and we really have to talk about it. And we should talk about it more uh, without these things happening. I think that may well be part of the answer. But to know, someone who knows a lot more about it than me is uh, Karen Nimmo, who's a, a clinical psychologist who specialises uh, in high performance as a background with athletes, coaches and officials and teams and individual sports and, and the pressure on elite athletes has so much been in the headlines of late. Uh, Karen, thank you very much for your time this morning. Uh, it is a time that um, we all just have to stand and, and take a bit of, uh, I think, t- stand to attention and just take a, a bit of a, a reflection on what, what we know about it and what we don't know about what's going on. Yeah, I agree with you, Ian. It's a, it's a tragic um, time and the absolute worst kind of wake-up call that sport and, and probably our society needs. In your line of work, do you know? Do you get a lot of elite sports people coming to you for help? Uh, there are more and more inquiries. So I work in private practice, which means um, I'm not actually in the high performance wraparound units for the various sports. So you get inquiries from athletes, anyone from school kids right through to elite, to people who've been retired for years. But you know, like every other psychologist. Colleges in the country, practically, I can't take anyone else because we're fully booked. So it's a real problem. Wow, that is a problem. That there's just not enough opportunity for people to get the help that they need. What is? What yeah. are the main problems that elite athletes are having at, at the moment that that you can see? You'd, you'd commonly see athletes for us, um, first of all, the performance issues, so all the things around focus or loss of form or the yips or getting injured, that kind of thing. Um, and there are the more clinical issues, which is some of the work that I do, um, anxiety, depression, sometimes addictions. With women, um, I couldn't tell you how many people I've seen for body image and eating issues over the years. Generally, people are just stressed out. I don't think COVID has helped. Um, but there's all sorts of things like dealing with criticism, social media, um, not performing, worrying about whether you'd get dropped. Uh, most vulnerable time for athletes is, of course, when they're not playing, I think. And that's when they're injured or have been dropped, not selected, or they've retired. Because often that's when the ghosts come out to play in their heads and um, you know, things can get a slippery slope pretty easily. 
So that's a scenario of what next? What What is life? Who's going to uh, look after me? Who's going to coach me? What have I got to do? Where, where am I going to get my money from? It uh, as simple things as those. Things like that, absolutely. I mean, that, and that's a constant. But then you get the more serious issues, which back onto those, like the you know the, the clinical anxieties and the depressions and the addictions and the ones that really need some side professional. Which I'm not quite sure that we're meeting the mark on that. And I'm sure. Karen, um, and obviously, well. yeah. New Zealand does very well for the we, funding we've got. We have, you know, good awareness and good intent around mental health issues, and we have quite good support if you're in a program and and you're an athlete that's in favour. But if you've been dropped or you're injured or you're retired, it's not so good. And I think the clinical psychology services are not enough. But absolutely, there's a lot of pressure on funding. So when um, that means that often support services like psychology, that sort of thing, they can be compromised when there's just not enough money. Um, I had a story of a, a young athlete that I was seeing a couple of years ago. I got into a fight with a sports doctor because she told me to sort out or fix this athlete's in, in three sessions. When I asked for more, you know, there wasn't really the funding to cover much more than another session. So I had to end up seeing this young woman in a cafe for coffee because I was so worried about her. Now, that's not right and that's not safe. And that's the sort of thing that is because we just haven't got the right um, wraparound services in place when it comes to the really serious stuff. Karen, it's been very evident that, you know, particularly with the Olympics being on and other high-profile sporting events, uh, you, you look at the likes of Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles, uh, you know, uh, just to name but two very of the highest profile athletes. But then you look at home, you look at our cr- uh, women's cricket team, Sophie Devine, Amelia Kerr, um, who have, uh, both have or are taking time off uh, away from international cricket. Uh, is, can I ask you, is it more a female thing or is it just pretty balanced across the board? It was actually interesting, wasn't it? The four examples that you just gave were all women. I think generally there's too much emphasis on winning. Um, we're pushing people to the brink, and it's a cutthroat area. You know, minds and bodies are absolutely stretched. Now, elite sport um, performance and winning does matter. So we can't be throwing up a soft, nanny-panny, everyone participate model. I think well-being needs to be just as important as winning. We need to elevate that. Um, in regards to women, yes, I think a very pertinent point that more and more women are coming into professional sport now need uh, specific services. You know, women are not smaller guys. They're women and they need psychologists and people that specialise in the female um, the game, which at the moment I think is are lacking. It's a, it's really it's an interesting one, and it's a tough one to try and find uh, a real balance type answer to it. Because here we are, you know, one week we're looking at the Olympic Games, and the Olympic Games supposedly are not about participation. They are about what, at the end of the day, you can hang round your net and what colour your medal is at. I mean, that I think is that that's the general perception when we gauge, we tend to gauge success of our Olympic team 
by the medals that they bring home. That means pressure. Uh, are we looking at those type of events the wrong way? Uh, are we, have we got, as a society, uh, the groundswell of opinion too powerful in that, in that direction? Yes, I think so. I mean, I look, I totally buy into the fact that winning is important. I'm a competitive person myself, and we can't be naive about that. It matters. However, I don't think that well-being should be compromised. You know, just in the great chase for medals and, you know, other actual obvious markers of success, um, people are people, and we have to think of them as a whole. It shouldn't take a tragedy like we're just going through with Olivia's death to get this whole thing moving. There's lots of things that can be done, but I think it needs to take a hard look at itself and, and start talking about things and actually start to make some change. Karen, the message coming through from um, the shock of loss of Olivia and so many of these situations uh, is we never saw it coming. We just didn't suspect for one second this was about to happen. What are we missing here as friends and colleagues? Well, that's a really great question. I think friends and colleagues shouldn't be beating up on themselves because, quite honestly, suicidal ideation, which is thinking about suicide, is really hard to pick. It's hard even for a mental health professional to pick. You know, we can assess for it and we know the risk factors and we can get closer to the average person, but we still can't absolutely guarantee that we can rescue that. So, however, I think that there is a real place for clinical psychology to be in there and, and really doing proper assessments for and getting to know people from the ground up, not just sending people along to the likes of me when, when I'm really in a mess. Um, clinical psych should be embedded into programs from the outset and so they really know their people so that when a change happens, that's how you can pick it. For me, when I'm working with someone, um, I can often pick talking to them when there's a little bit of a change, when they've lost something, they've lost a little bit of faith in their, what we would call protective factors, which are things that sort of stop them from doing things like hurting themselves or committing suicide. So, you know, there's a real need for more professionals in that space and it needs to be prioritised and it needs to be funded and, you know, we need to make sure that the support networks for athletes are watertight and confidential and they follow them throughout their careers. Um, I heard Raylene Castle, or NZ boss, say yesterday that well-being was to be the legacy, and I could not be happier. I couldn't believe it. I thought that was absolutely amazing. And if you know, if that's the switch, and this is what it takes, you know, it's not worth loss of life, but at least something good may come from it. What? What could I look for? You know, I'm around sporting people all the time. Um, you know, is it is there little telltale signs? Can you see it? You know, in their faces, can you see it in their reaction to losses? Can you see it um, not celebrating wins, perhaps the way that they should, or good moments? Are they just tiny that that the man in the street can just start to notice? And then, of course, from that point onwards, perhaps talk to people or perhaps refer to people. Is, is there some little signs? that we, you know, we can help out with? I mean, as I said, it's really, really hard to pick from looking. You won't see it from yeah. looking, but you might be able to pick up something in their language, their demeanour, their, whether they're withdrawing, that kind of thing. The most important thing is that communication lines are kept open. 
so that we're, you know, we're talking to each other. People feel like if they've got a problem, they can say something. But again, in New Zealand, I think we're very good at telling everyone to speak up. Um, we're aware of that. We're trying to be, you know, mates and friends and that sort of thing. But speaking up is only the first step. A healthy one and a good one, and I encourage it. But if it's not backed up by the right kind of help, then, you know, you're still going to get people slip through the cracks. So the most important thing as a friend is to keep talking and to be there for someone and to give them an, an open space if they do want to talk. If you miss something now and a friend does do something like like this that we've gone through this week, um, you shouldn't beat up on yourself because it's very, very hard to tell. Karen, the most sage advice, uh, we thank you, invaluable advice actually. We thank you so much for your time this morning uh, on giving us that uh, insight uh, into your point of view from a professional uh, and certainly uh, food for thought for, for all of us. And uh, as Karen said, don't don't beat up on yourself um, if you, you feel guilty about the whole deal. It, it's not that easy to spot from the outside looking in. But, you know, if you see the signs, um, perhaps do something about it. Do something small about it. Just talk, have a cuddle, do something of that regard, change the subject. Uh, you know, find another alternative to spend some time doing. There are other things in life apart from the things that are tending to upset people. Trying not to be too deep and meaningful, but um, I'm afraid that's just the feeling around the country at the moment in sporting circles. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91